Help me. I need some help. 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 Help me. My mom worked at a nursing home for a few years back in the day. There was this old man that took a liking to her, she was his favorite Pna. Every time she would walk past his room, he would hit his need assistance button, which would cause a red light to light up outside of his room. That's how they let the nurses know they needed help but of course he just wanted my mom to come in and talk to him. After he died, for a few weeks, every time she walked past his room his need assistance light would come on. His room was empty, and it only happened when she walked past. She also said that sometimes the old people would see stuff shortly before they died. Look at all these dancing kids, oh her dress is so pretty and die the next day. Another said look at all these people that came to visit me, it's made me so happy also died the next day. She said them seeing stuff before they died was pretty common, but it was usually happy things. This one old man was yelling in terror oh my god, they've come for me. No make them leave. Oh god, look at their faces, ah. Help. Make them go and die the next day. That one freaked everyone out for a few days. I have the rare and distinct honor of working in the ICU of one of Chicago's most prestigious and longest standing hospitals. Don't get me wrong, I busted my backside getting here, with a large helping of luck along the way. When I started this past February, I noticed a nice change of pace in the orientation process. There was a clever mixture of history and with the standard rules and regulations type stuff just enough to keep my interest. One bit of information I found particularly interesting was that our hospital had undergone many changes in the unit structures before reaching its current layout. As a matter of fact, before we built a dedicated children's hospital next door, our current med slash surge floor fulfilled the PED's role. On our last day of orientation, right before our short Friday came to an end, our education liaison came in to deliver one additional little nugget of lore to our information beaten brains. Maybe she was trying to see who was paying attention, or maybe it was a reward for those who possessed the cognitive fortitude to make it through those last five minutes, I'll never know. She came in to tell us a story, one that had been developing over the last forty-some years. It was the story of a little girl, her name since forgotten, who once called that eighth-floor pediatric swing home, room 827 to be exact. She was in for something common at the time, although the storyteller didn't know exactly what. This little girl was loved by the whole unit because no matter how sick she got, she always just wanted to play. The doctors would tell her, now you need to stay in bed, that's the only way you will get better and the nurses would always find her by the window, sitting on the ledge, begging for them to come play with her. One cold November night, an extra chill blew through the dusty unit as the cries of a young mother rang throughout the halls. It was the girl, she had succumbed to her illness. The nurses, orderlies and physicians all knew it was coming, but they never expected tonight would be the night and it broke their hearts. Shortly thereafter the unit was shut down for remodeling. The PEDS unit was then moved to the other side of the hospital for its eventual transition to the new children's building. In the old unit's place was a brand new, state-of-the-art medical surgical unit. Although the structure was still the same, the walls had been painted, and the amenities all updated. Shortly after the new unit opened, something very interesting started to happen. Stories started to spread of patients telling nurses of seeing a little girl near the window in their room, always followed by a sudden turn for the worst, ending in a code blue and ultimately their death. The stories were so regular, in fact, that the manager on that floor began keeping records of when the stories occurred. Now, as an ICU nurse, I have a decent amount of brains in my head, even if I am relatively new. So, I took this story with a grain of salt. I knew it was just a neat old story, no matter how intriguing it seemed. Then it came, my first day off orientation. 
A code blue was called through the overhead speaker during our pre-shift conference. Being the aggressive young, male, nurse that I am, I run to just about every code there is, and this was no exception. When I arrived at this one, it was pretty standard with nothing out of the ordinary. It was an 84-year-old male with a surprisingly small health history, his heart had just seemed to give out on him. So, like most codes, we began compressions and started our ACLS protocol. I have always been a compressions guy, never really getting into the charting of pushing meds during the code. At this particular time, we had just reached about 13 minutes of CPR when we regained a pulse, with me currently kneeling on the bed next to the patient for leverage. I knew better than to get down off the bed, since I already had established my positioning, so I sat and waited while the patient was assessed. Just then, as if someone flicked on the lights inside this old man's head, his eyes opened. Bright. Wide. He looked directly at me, perched over him like an ancient gargoyle. Then, defying medical possibility, he opened his mouth and said to me with a smile, I'll come and play with you, then he turned his head, looked at the window, and his heart stopped. We tried for at least 30 more minutes, the entire time with a my stomach in complete knots, but there was nothing we could do, he never regained a pulse. As part of the code paperwork, I was required to sign my name on the record sheet. I had noticed that someone left the room number off, so I called out, Hey, what room is this anyway? And at that moment everyone looked at me as if I should have already known, and at that moment I did, it was 827. I work in an outpatient clinic that has established an office in an old cancer building. Evidently, this building was used for radiation oncology and cancer treatment for outpatients. So now, it is an office used for just physician office visits. When we first moved to this building in 2007, we had a new physician that also established a private practice in the back of the building. Since she initially had no staff assigned to her, I helped her set up her office. She was the best in her field and had loads of certificates and awards to hang on the wall. We decorated and hung the documents on the wall and everything looked quite nice for her to start her practice. We then established the hospital portion of the office on the front side of the building and had everything in place for both practices. I frequently helped her out in her office until she could get her own staff. One day she asked me if I had moved any of the things on the wall. I told her I hadn't and saw that all the documents were moved to different places and her decorations were reversed. I thought that maybe the housekeeper had moved things while dusting and forgot about it. Over the next few months, this happened more often. Additionally, things were rearranged on her desk. I finally talked to the housekeeper and asked about it. The housekeeper was horrified and said that she didn't touch anything. She had been informed from her boss that she should only vacuum and clean the exam rooms. I explained this to the physician and she laughingly replied maybe we have a ghost. Over the next few months, I really didn't think much more about it. I didn't need to help the physician out as much because she had hired an assistant. The physician went on an extended vacation and her private practice was locked up for a few weeks. The other part of the building, where I worked the most, was busy with other physicians. My days were hectic and many times I worked straight through the day without lunch or any break, but I always had my coffee cup full. And many days I left it half full, locked my office door and left in a hurry to finally get home. One morning, I came in and my coffee cup was scrubbed clean and sitting on a paper towel. When I went to my desk, all my pens were removed from my pen holder and the pens were scattered on the desk and there were pencils in the holder. When the housekeeper came to the office to clean, I asked her if she had been in my office and she said that she couldn't get into because it was locked. I became very curious about all this activity and other things that occurred throughout the building, like magazines moved and chairs rearranged. 
I decided to try to find the nursing staff that had worked in this building prior to us and ask them a few questions. I was able to locate one nurse that had worked in the cancer center and asked her if anyone had ever died in the center. Being that it was an outpatient center, I didn't think so, but thought I'd ask. Sure enough, there was a poor dear lady named Mary, that passed away in that building while getting her cancer treatment. I inquired about that patient and was informed that she had been a cleaning lady for physician practices. Really? Now things were starting to come together. Two years went by, with an occasional visit from our friendly cleaning ghost. We got used to it and would fake like we were talking to her. The physician placed a sign on her desk that said something to the effect that friendly ghosts are welcome. One day the physician and I had a chance to have some small talk and I told her about what I found out about the ghost. She told me that she welcomes ghosts when they are good ghosts. Imagine that. I jokingly told her that if she ever leaves our hospital, that she should take the ghost with her. She did, I haven't had my coffee cup cleaned that well since last year when that physician left. The pictures, magazines, chairs and decorations never change. I miss the physician and Mary. We have a rather newer building, only a couple of years old, but it still has strange things happening. We share our unit with ICU and probably patients have passed away in all the rooms at one time or another. One night all the nurses kept asking if other nurses had adjusted the oxygen flows on their patients because they kept changing from what they had been set at. We all had it happen to at least a couple of our patients, all through the unit, all night long. It was so very strange. Another time me and another nurse observed the TV turning off and on, off and on over and over again in an empty room. I went in and physically turned it off, only to have it turn off and on again as soon as I sat back down at the station. We thought maybe it was the remote that plugs into the wall, controls TV, call light, etc. We unplugged and plugged it back in, tested it out and it worked fine. Sat back down and the TV started doing its thing again. I called some other nurses over to witness and we were all creeped out. Finally one nurse went and unplugged the TV from the wall and that fixed the problem. There is a very long corridor between two buildings that gets creepy at night. It is close to one quarter mile long. Twice I have had the doors open for me at the end of the corridor before I had a chance to get close enough to swipe my badge to open the doors. No one in sight on either side of the doors. The best I have heard is from a nurse who said that one night she was floated to oncology at the hospital she used to work at. She was given a patient who was passing away and had been unconscious for several days. At one point during the night the nurse went into the room and the patient was at the top of the bed and looked at her and said, don't let them take me. The nurse was freaked out and asked her who was going to take her and she said that black thing up there and pointed up in the air. This patient died within minutes.